You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after what was a weekend that started with such promise for the Atlanta Braves, but ended in a heartbreaking defeat on Sunday in walk-off fashion as Atlanta lost to the Seattle Mariners in stunning fashion. I'll add 8-7, to seven, the final score dropping 2 out of 3 to Seattle as the Braves will try to regroup and continue their road trip. And next stop is San Francisco. But we got a lot to talk about before we start discussing the trip back to the Bay. And we're going to do it right here on the Braves Postcast. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jake, I'm wearing the shirt. You've heard me say on this very show, you can win ugly, but you can't lose pretty. And I would say that somewhere in the midst of all of those kinds of, I guess, baseball cliches and lexicons, there was nothing pretty about the way the Braves lost on Sunday. It was definitely ugly. I will say that. It's definitely a gut punch as a fan. I mean, to come through all that and come back and take the lead and then just to have it taken right back from you. I mean, there's no more painful ways to lose a baseball game than that. Yeah, and and let me tell you, the Seattle Mariners are a very good baseball team, but this is one of those that you'll look at. And I would say there's probably, what, Jake, half a dozen, maybe more of those games that you look at, and it happens over the course of 162 that are games that you feel like you should have won. And the Braves certainly had one of those on Sunday. And and it's, you know, it's something to be said about the Braves, too. The Braves have had a lot of these close, tough losses. And I think that's because the Braves are such a good team. They're in all of these games. The Braves don't have many games where they are just getting blown out. And you play so many close games and you're in so many games, you're going to have some of these losses. And it's just unfortunate. But, you know, when you're in a race like you are with the Mets right now and the margin for error is so slim, you look back at games like this and the games in the Cardinals series, the last series the Braves lost where they had a couple of tough defeats. And you look back at those games and just think, what if, you know, what if this team, you know, didn't throw essentially throw away the first two months of the season, kind of digging themselves a hole, yeah. um, you know, so when you look at these, these games, you lose late, you lose by one run, you know, and you're in such a tight division race. I think that's what, you know, hurts a lot right now with, with this Braves team, because this is a good Braves team. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the record, it's a good team, but they're still with some of these losses, just kind of that what if. Yeah, and it doesn't make it any easier to talk about a loss, particularly on a day like this, and particularly when it feels like there are shades or echoes of other defeats, especially recently in the way that this one ended. So let's talk about it, although it will be painful. Game number 140 for the Braves. It was game three of three in this series up in Seattle. Atlanta 87-53 and 53 after the loss. Seven runs, just six hits. No errors, four men left on base. The late home runs giving the Braves life and a chance to win this one. But the Mariners had some home runs up their sleeve in the ninth as well. Seattle now 79-61, and 61, eight runs on nine hits and error, five men left on base. Paul Sewald picks up the win. He is the winner, uh, or he is now 4-4, four and four, I should say. He's also the winner. Kenley Jansen takes the loss. He drops to 5-2. and two. Time of game, three hours, 24 minutes, 45,245 on hand to see it. Lots of home runs for the Braves in this one. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, let's, as, as we are going to talk quite a bit about the Braves bullpen, of course, we're going to talk about Kenley Jansen and yet another rough outing for him, another blown save, and the questions that that brings up every single time that happens. But we also need to focus on what happened before Kenley Jansen even got into the game because on the pitching side for the Braves, there wasn't a lot to write home about. From the offensive side for the Braves, before the ninth inning, there wasn't a lot to write home about. And let's begin here with Jake Odorizzi, 
First start in a couple of weeks, three and two-thirds innings, five hits, four earned, Jake, three walks, and three strikeouts. He gave up a home run to the first battery face, so welcome back. Uh, that's Julio Rodriguez, and of course, you'd see him a little bit more later as he was making his presence felt again with another long ball in the ninth. Uh, but for Jake Odorizzi, I guess we just have to kind of ask, you know, you, you knock off the rust a little bit, I guess, but at this time of year, I think it's fair to wonder, considering that the Braves do have some pitching depth in the minors and there's some names we can throw out there, and of course, one name that might be returning, are we going to see Jake Odorizzi get too many more opportunities? Because this one in Seattle, it may go down as a blown save and a loss for Kenley Jansen, but there was a rough day for the Braves pitching staff all around. I think that's going to be, there's going to be several questions coming out of this game. The close of the role, obviously, I know, you know we can talk about, but you know. the, fifth, the fifth starter's role, I think, as well. Like you said, there are good options, and there are players that have come up recently and pitched well, better than what we've seen out of Jake Odorizzi for the most part. And look, he let the leadoff batter on in every inning. Um, you know, that's obviously not a good recipe for success. I do think he got squeezed on a couple of calls. Part of that because I think he was a little erratic at times. You're yep. not going to get those close calls when that's happening. He left a couple of pitches over the middle of the freight uh, plate, the one to Julio Rodriguez to start the game. You know, a pitch up, I think it was up out of the zone, but it was in the kind of the middle part of the plate. And Julio Rodriguez, as we saw this weekend, a very good player. And then he left one up to, yeah, sorry, Michael Harris, obviously, you know, on the other side too. But then he left one up to Adam Frazier in a big spot there, a two RBI triple, you know, and then he almost gets out of it. And then he allows that one extra run, giving up a hit to the number nine man in the order. I thought if he gets out of that, you know, and only allows those two runs, I feel like, you know, he did at least a pretty good job of navigating and giving the Braves a chance to stay in the game. But that one add-on run there, and as it would happen, the Braves lose by one run. I'm not blaming it solely on that, but just couldn't escape the further damage there. But you're right. I, I think the Braves had to sit back and look now and say, who gives us our best chance to win mm -hmm. in that fifth spot? And I just, it's hard to say right now that that's Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, I don't know that you can make that argument. We've seen Bryce Elder come in, and I know they're just using him to try to get through and get some guys rest a couple of different times. But, you know, he has given the Braves a chance to win both times he's pitched. I know it's been against the Miami Marlins, and that may be the case. But, hey, Jake Odorizzi's best start as an Atlanta Brave came against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, you know, we could split hairs about who exactly they've been facing and when they've looked good and when they haven't. But I just feel like overall for Odorizzi, it's just been a, a very disappointing run here thus far in his time with the Braves and what opportunities and uh, how many more of those he's going to get, we will see. Well, I think the thing that really stuck out to me as far as, you know, whether he got squeezed or not, or, or whether he was aggressive enough in the strike zone was really that fourth inning, the way it started, it was back-to-back -back walks before the Frazier triple. And that I feel like was the open invitation for a Mariners team that it's not just all about Julio Rodriguez. He is, of course, their guy, but they've got a lot of good hitters, a lot of dangerous hitters in that lineup, and you may can overlook a couple of guys here or there that, hey, it's the ninth place hitter, or this guy's only batting 200, but in the case of some of them, they've got some thump, and they came up with some big hits, and that's exactly what happened as Odorizzi was charged with the first, uh, first four runs in this game. And you know, not to continue to harp on just the same side of things, because I know the Braves' offense was in absentia basically through the first at least seven innings of the game, but the Braves' bullpen added or, or let a couple of add-on runs get on themselves as Colin McHugh and Tyler Matzik both surrendered runs, and by the time he got to the ninth inning, the furious comeback was there, but every single one of those runs is important, as I guess is what I'm saying. Then you get to the ninth, and it's just another situation that feels also all too familiar, and that was Kenley Jansen, a home run to Julio Rodriguez, a home run to Eugenio Suarez, 
And the next thing you know, this game is over. And it went from looking one of those that you grabbed a win from the clutches of defeat to kind of turning around and ending up on the other side of that coin. It felt like the Sunday game. Again, I go back to that that St. Louis series. It felt like the Sunday game. It felt like you had come back, you had stolen you know, a game from the Cardinals, and then you give it up. And that's just exactly what it was. But you talked about it. The fact this offense couldn't do anything against Marco Gonzalez, who look, he's a he's a good pitcher, but you know, Braves typically crush lefties. And I feel like this was a matchup where the offense should have just really gone off early in this game. And the at bats just weren't very good and they weren't able to get anything going, you know, leading them to have to make a heroic comeback in the end. So again, look, all the but all the blame on the pitching in this one. You scored seven runs, you should win those ball games, but you know, the offense obviously didn't get anything going early against the pitcher. I felt like it was a favorable matchup for them. And then you're right, you know, McHugh, who's been good, you know, allows an add-on run. And then Matzik, who's been really good over the past month, he allows a run as well. And again, in a one-run ballgame, all those ended up becoming huge. Yeah, they all count. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the closer's role and what that might look like and just, you know, how – Brian Snitker and the Braves are going to navigate this in the ninth inning, particularly in one run contest when the margin is so slim, you know, there have been some troubles for Kinley Jansen. We'll get into that in a moment. Well, I'll remind you, of course, that coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves postcast and coffee AM is an Atlanta based small batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can get a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets, coffeeam.com slash locked on, use the coupon code locked on at checkout, get 15% off your first order. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. The way things have been going in the late innings for the Braves, you might be wanting to drink something a little bit stronger than coffee. And this was, of course, one of those days, Jake. Kenley Jansen now, as you look at this, another blown save for him. Three in his last seven appearances, five and a third innings, seven earned runs, seven hits, four walks, five punchouts of coming majority in the couple of outings he had on this road trip that did look promising, but two home runs to make three total in those last seven games. And, of course, these blown saves are happening at a time in which you, you just really can't afford it. And and so I guess you look at the overall alignment of this bullpen and you have to ask yourself, I think, you know, who gives us our best chance to win? We just talked about it with a starting rotation. I think it's fair to talk about it at closer. Kinley Jansen's got what looks like to me, you know, the makings of a Cooperstown worthy resume. But here when the Braves need him to really step up and come through, he has had, so he's faltered. He's had some real troublesome outings and, and some games that have gotten away from the Braves at a time that they can't afford it. And you've got Rysel Iglesias out there. And I'm not saying maybe you take Kinley out of all of the save opportunities, but it might be a good idea here and there to mix in Rysel Iglesias because he is a weapon and the Braves should utilize him. That's why they went out and got him. Yeah, you're asking me as a as a fan, as, as an observer of the game, who do I trust more in the ninth inning right now? It's Rysel Iglesias. I mean, uh, what the guy has done since coming over to the Braves, you know, allowing one run and he's just looked completely dominant in doing so and look the angels weren't upset with trading him because he was having trouble holding on to close saves with the angels as well so it's not like he's immune to it but you just look at the inconsistencies of kenley jansen right now and with how good rysel iglesias has been and and there's there's a difference between getting three outs in the eighth inning and three outs in the ninth inning i think that's been proven over time but I think it is time for a change. I don't think there's going to be a change. And you hear Brian Snickers post games comments. I mean, he is loyal to a fault. He is going to continue to believe in his guys and stick his guys out there in those, those spots. So I don't think we'll see a change again. If it were me, I, I think I would definitely do so. I would, I would play matchups in the ninth inning, whether it's a Glacius or mentor, uh, you know, depending on who's coming up in the order, but I'd give those guys some chances because 
with as narrow as this division is, you just can't be blowing these types of games again, especially when you work so hard to come back in the ninth inning and then it's just gone like that. I think you got to make a change. Yeah. I mean, I understand the argument for it. And I also understand that, look, I mean, I saw a lot of people, the responses that I got on Twitter were, oh, you got to move Kinley to set up. Well, you're not going to feel any better if this happens yeah. in the eighth inning. You're not going to feel any better if it happens in the seventh inning. The bottom line is Kinley Jansen needs to figure stuff out. He still needs to be an important and contributing member to the Braves bullpen as a whole. Now, the ninth inning, and I think that it's the other thing I look at, and we could waste an entire hour talking about this, but we won't for the sake of time. But there are other leverage spots in the game that are important. And the last three outs, while they are big and while they are important, it's just part of a bigger puzzle. And that's what Brian Snitker is trying to solve right now. And I think if you just do some outside the box thinking of maybe the matchups, as you mentioned, it might just make sense to give somebody else an opportunity here and there. Allow Kinley to continue to hopefully work through whatever mechanically is going on. But, you know, he just got hit this time. I mean, I don't know that it's any more fun to lose on a couple of home runs but I can tell you it was excruciating to lose on bases loaded walks and things of that nature. So this has just been a couple of different ways the Braves have lost, and you just can't really feel like any loss right now is going to feel too terribly good. And, you know, it is crunch time. And and you mentioned earlier on the Braves got off to a slow start this season, and by doing so, they dug themselves into a big hole, and you have to kind of wonder if they have been able to play better than 500 baseball even just a little bit over the first month and a half. Where would they be right now? And what would the NL East look like? But we don't have a time machine and we don't get those opportunities again. And the Braves and Kenley Jansen and everyone else involved with this loss in whatever shape or form is going to have to figure it out so that the Braves can turn things around and continue their road trip. All was not doom and gloom, despite the fact that the Braves did lose this game and they lost it in walk-off fashion. I want to talk quickly about Michael Harris, the second home run of the eighth inning, home run of the ninth inning. He's got 18 long balls on the year. So he's matching Julio Rodriguez blow for blow. Unfortunately, Rodriguez got the last lap in this one. Robbie Grossman also had a two-run go-ahead home run in that ninth inning. It was exciting there for a moment in a game in which it felt like the Braves offense was going to head out of town in Seattle and go to San Francisco and still be looking for answers because it was lights out after the first game of this series. It was. I mean, Saturday's game, they just couldn't do anything against George Kirby, a very good young pitcher. Uh, and then Sunday, like I said, they continued that, not being able to get anything going against Marco Gonzalez, which is quite the surprise to me. But we've talked about it. This offense can strike at you very quickly. They're very dangerous, and they were able to do so, getting one in the eighth and then getting one in or getting five in the ninth to take the lead. That's exactly what this offense can do at times. You know, they may go several innings without much, but then just at the split. A split second, they can put a crooked number up on the board, yep. and they were able to do that. So certainly tells you what this offense can do. And the show that Michael Harris and Julio Rodriguez put on uh, this weekend just as a fan uh, was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it was pretty impressive for both men. Of course, Seattle, a very good team. Let me just point that out. The Braves didn't just lose two out of three to a club 30 games under 500. They lost to one of the hottest teams in the American League, one of the hottest teams in baseball uh, for a number of weeks and or months. I mean, this is a team that also – has a postseason spot firmly in its grasp right now. So you knew this was going to be a test going in. You just felt like if the Braves could find a way to get out of town with two out of three, you'd certainly take it and just keep winning series. That's the job. And Atlanta was unable to do so on this day. If you're out with friends and a few drinks becomes a few too many and you decide to drive anyway, wondering what's the worst that can happen, let me tell you, don't find out. Drive sober or get pulled over. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Now, I also have to tell you that the Mets took care of business against a Marlins team by pounding Miami once again and picking up another win and thereby 
padding their lead in the East. It's back to a game and a half over the Braves as Atlanta will head to San Francisco to open a three-game series. Spencer Strider on the mound against Alex Cobb. I guess all you can ask for is to turn the page and get a great start from Spencer Strider and get about the business of trying to beat a Giants team that's really been down in its luck, Jake, since the All-Star break and particularly since the trade deadline. Yeah, exactly. You got to turn the page. That's all you can do. That Braves team, this Braves team has been able to do that a lot this year. But, you know, what happened after that Cardinals series? They lost the opening game of the next series, which maybe it doesn't bode well for Monday. But then they went on to another big winning streak and ended up coming, you know, taking over the division lead. So they've shown they're capable of doing that, of turning the page. And it's a good opportunity to do so. Get done with this West Coast trip. Put that behind you and, you know, hopefully finish it off uh, with a, a series sweep over, like you said, a struggling Giants team. Yeah, a series victory, series sweep. Those are both outcomes the Braves would very much like to have. As we've talked many times, the Mets are in a very favorable schedule as they head toward the end of the month with that date for a three-game series against the Braves. And so Atlanta is going to have to very firmly uh, set its sights on winning series and winning as many games as possible. And days like Sunday are just a, a very excruciating reminder that you can't win them all, but you got to have a short memory for both closers and perhaps for fans this time of year you just got to move forward to the next one. There are still opportunities. The National League East is still wide open. This has not been decided yet. It wasn't decided when the Braves went in front by half a game either. We got a furious finish, I think, coming down the way here in September and October, and we'll see how it all ends up. That, though, brings us to the end of this edition of the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, and make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, a very frustrating 8-7 walk-off loss to the Braves, who dropped two out of three in Seattle, and now head off to San Francisco to conclude this road trip. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We look forward to talking to you again soon here on the Braves Postcast. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 